Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. in the basement, Craig Todd here. A lot of focus for the Pirates season has been, you know, down in the minor leagues. People are getting excited about it. So I have gone out and I talked with uh, Andrew Kappas, uh, broadcaster out in Indianapolis, Spencer Smith, broadcaster down in Bradenton. Uh, this time I have John Moses, no H, and spelled with a Z. Here for your listening pleasure to talk about the Altoona Curve, who have been on an offensive tear recently. John, how you doing today, brother? Doing great, man. Following this team is uh, is a blast. Seems really good. It's been a lot of fun for uh, first five weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just been uh, crazy stuff going on, attacking the coaster. Uh, <laughs> with reckless abandon, I guess it would be. Uh, this past week, it seems like every single day there's just a different video. So I, I can see how that would be exciting, man. So I, I got to ask straight off the bat, I O'Neill Cruz, AAA, man? I, is he going? Do, what do you think, man? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the bat has looked great in the last couple weeks. Um I'm sure he'll get there at some point. Um, you know, I think a lot of people just sort of forget that O'Neill's 22, and you know, he's still young to play at Double A. Um, but you know, I think I think at a certain point he's going to get there. You know, if he keeps doing what he's been doing over the last now two three weeks, you know, he's on a 16 game on base streak uh, headed into our series against Erie. Uh, you know, if he keeps doing that for another 16 games, like, okay, yeah, I, I could see maybe a situation where his bat doesn't challenge the double-A anymore. But, uh, boy, yeah, it's uh, it's going to come at some point. He's a big talent. Yeah, it's been exciting. And, and the other piece of this is, you know, the O'Neill Cruz conversation. Is he a staying at shortstop? Is he, you know, should he get some time in the outfield? But for right now, uh, the Pirates have, have decided to, you know, keep him at shortstop. How has he looked there? I know that people like open up the spreadsheet and they, they open up the stat sheet and they see, you know, the eight errors and different stuff. But but as as a person who's watching the team every day, uh, what are you seeing from O'Neill at shortstop? I think he gets better almost every day that he's out there. Um, you know, I think the full year away from having regular game speed action. Um, is kind of is kind of one reason that you've seen so many errors early in the year, um, and that he's just sort of getting back into the rhythm of the speed of the game again, right? Because you know you can work on skills like he did at the alternate training site last summer in Altoona. Um, you can work on individual skills, but it's a little bit different when you know your opponent is running as well as some of the guys do uh, at this level. Um, 
So, you know, I, I am not concerned that he won't be able to play shortstop going forward. My understanding is he's going to play there every day, um, and he's going to continue to do so. Um, and frankly, it doesn't look crazy. I mean, sure, it looks a little weird when you just look at your eyes. <laughs> yeah. You've got that tall playing shortstop. But um, honestly, the rhythms of it out there look pretty normal. He is extremely athletic, and he's got a very strong arm. So, you know, he gets to balls that, uh, that not, a, not the average shortstop gets to. And, you know, if he has a mishandle, you know, he's got a strong enough arm to make up for it. So um, it's a really impressive profile, and frankly – you know, given the bat that he has shown, you know, that bat can be pretty valuable at that position in the big league. So I, I'd keep him at shortstop going forward. Uh, more of the question has, has always been with some of the approach at the plate, um, struggled a little bit uh, down, you know, in, in the winter leagues and then also in spring training, just wasn't getting, you know, a lot of good approach. So it's like work on the bat first. If that is eventually has to be the move, you know, O'Neill is athletic enough to do that. And I, like I said, people are, are very excited for these minor league players. And I love you. It's like, this is the age. Like, it's actually fairly young uh, for double A. And, and a lot of the guys definitely are. Another guy is, you know, recently you know acquired in the offseason. Uh, Ronzi Contreras has gotten a, a lot of, you know, media attention uh, from the people here in Pittsburgh and, and has been all over social media. So when you're, when you're watching Ronzi in, in actual, in person, uh, what are you seeing and what are you hearing from this guy uh, down in Altoona? Uh, you know, Rowanzi is just a joy to have. Um, he's got just a very good personality about him. I think he has a really good spirit about his game. Um, and, you know, he looks, like a guy that should be in the middle to top of a big league rotation at some point in the next couple of years. I mean, you're you're seeing a fastball in the mid to high 90s. He's been up to 98 uh, when he wants it this year, but he's mostly working at 95, 97, which is that you know sort of elite fastball velocity you look for. Um, and then he's got a big curveball that he really trusts, and I think that slider has taken a big step for him this year. Um, you know, so I, you know, had the privilege of watching Yankees minor leaguers in Trenton for six years. And Rolando Contreras was a name that I was aware of in 2019 when he was pitching in Charleston. The report I got was, you know, 89 to 92, good curveball, really good changeup, you know, throws a lot of strikes. Um, and then I'm watching opening day in Altoona and I'm like, holy cow, this guy's a lot better than what I was told. (laughs) And I was like, Hey man, like you didn't tell me this guy was this good. Like what's going on? Um, it's pretty awesome. He he's got he's got what looks to be four average or better pitches um, that he can command, and um, you know he's got a great rhythm out there on the mound. I I've just really enjoyed watching him, and you know if he keeps doing what he's been doing, a little bit like the conversation we were having with Cruz, you know, at a certain point you have to say to yourself, well, maybe he needs to be challenged by older guys, but Contreras is twenty one. Um, you know, he's also young for the level here at Double A, and to have the type of success he has, I think bodes well for his future. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's young, it's exciting. I mean, you look across the board, uh, you know, with a Rodolfo Castro, with a Mason Martin, uh, with Caden uh, Smith and Jigba. Uh, you just have, you know, so many you know big name you know prospects, and it's it's an exciting you know time to be a Curve fan, a, a Pirates minor league fan. Uh, but in the conversations I've had with you know the 
the other minor league uh, affiliate broadcasters. I always look for. I'm I'm a huge minor league fan, but I'm also an, an under the radar kind of guy, looking for you know that that diamond in the rough or somebody who's maybe not getting um, as as much publicity as the other guys. So if you had to to pick maybe you know one pitcher, one position player that you uh, you would want people in Pittsburgh uh, to know about that maybe not getting as much of the uh, the push on social media. Uh, who would be? Uh, let's just go with the position player first, and then the pitcher. Who you got for us, man? Um, I'm going to say Cal Mitchell. Um, you know, I know he's a name because he was drafted in the second round out of high school, um, and there are some other names that have sort of garnered more attention. But Cal has just been really solid. Um, plays a really good right field. You know, in our game on Sunday, um, the Rubber Ducks had two guys on, one out or nobody out in the inning. It was a one nothing game at the time. And Guy hits this long fly ball down the right field line, and Mitchell seemingly had a mile to go to go and catch it. And you know, our manager, Miguel Perez, in his post-game media availability, described what sort of felt like to him a game-changing catch in that scenario. Because, you know, in a one-run game in the eighth inning, he goes and makes this play in the corner. Those runners can't advance. And, you know, when uh, Shea Murray ends up inducing a double play ball after that, um, you know, it changed the whole complexity of the inning. And, you know, Mitchell's been pretty impressive defensively, and he just continues to get better each week with the bat. Um, you know, season average is probably right below 300 at the plate right now, but he's shown some good power. I think he can hit for doubles, and, um, you know, he's not striking out a ton. He's had a pretty good strikeout and walk ratio to start the year. So I've been pretty impressed with Cal Mitchell, and I think uh, there's – there's definitely more there than uh, the attention that's been dropped on him. Yeah, so on, on the pitching side of it, like we said, Rowanzi has has kind of taken and garnered a, a lot of that attention, and deservedly so. Uh, but there's there's some pretty decent uh, other arms, you know, on the on the staff there. So who would be somebody other than Contreras that, that you've been like kind of keeping an eye on and, and been impressed with so far this year? Well, I mean, the curve just keeps getting solid starts from Osvaldo Bita every time he takes the mound. Um, Beads is 25, and, you know, he's got a pretty good sinker. Um, he has commanded his slider very well this year, and it's just one runner less every time he gets on the mound, which, um, as a starting pitcher, is almost always going to give you a chance to win. Um, the other guy I think requires a little bit of attention is Hunter Stratton at the back end of the bullpen. Um, he's struck at, you know, 60% of the outs that he's recorded this year have been strikeouts. Um, and he's somebody that I think really put the time in when there was no minor league season last year. I mean, all of these guys were able to do things at home, but pitching coach Drew Bennis told me before the season that, you know, Stratton really figured some things out for himself last summer when he was home. Um, and he's a little bit shorter with his arm stroke now. Our pitching coach observes that that makes him a bit more efficient and the ball comes out hot. You know, it's, it's 95 to 97 with a good split finger. He's got feel for a slider. Um, Stratton's a guy that I think could move at some point to AAA and, and eventually push himself onto the big league radar toward the end of this year. Solid stuff, and I know you are pumped because you love going to Altoona Curve Games. Yeah, I'm going out there again in about uh, two weeks here with the family. They're going to be the, uh, the Brookies which is a, uh, a trout, and I'm a fisherman, so I uh, kind of like that. Yeah. Might, yeah. Get a, might get a hat. That's awesome. Might get a hat. All right, so we've got that out of the way. You double-dipped. We're going to get to your second guest here. 
It's a packed show here on Bucks in the Basement. But before we get to the next guest, Mitch Keller goes down uh, to AAA. And I would, I would contend, Craig, that with him being sent down, no matter what he does in AAA, he should not have another chance to make the Major League roster until spring training 2022. Because if this is him getting his head right, uh, he may have a couple of good starts, come right back up and have the jitters about the major leagues. He, You cannot do this over and over and over again. I say you give him one more shot. He's got to make a team in 2022. Otherwise, we got to start thinking this was a bad draft choice and it's not going to work out. Yeah, Chris, I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from there because for me, I mentioned uh, on Twitter at one point what we had talked about earlier you know, the possibility of him being, you know, put off in the bullpen, put in situations that he would be comfortable with, being able to pick and choose what parts of the lineup he would come into. But if it's a complete, like, you know, command control issue that it's not going to, you know, you want to send him down to the minors to work on something, maybe, you know, change the uh, the pitches that he's working with. I think that has to be a, a long-term thing. Uh, when he was sent down last time in 2019, when we were complaining about him going up and down, up and down, up and down, I mean, he did pretty much everything that he needed to do down in AAA. Right before he got called up, uh, one of the last times, he had 13 strikeouts, <laughs> no like no walks, uh, and got called up. And then at the end of the year, right before he got called up again, 12 strikeouts, one walk, uh, and that's what you're looking for from him. The thing with Mitch Keller, though, is I looked back at some of these articles, and I remember us talking about this uh, right when the show kind of in its infancy was that Mitch Keller had added a slider, and we saw it as you know a positive thing. It, he had a good, a good fastball, a decent curveball, add the slider in. Now he's kind of like made the slider his his go-to pitch and the fastball's not acting the way it should be. He's not controlling the slider and the slider is not the original pitch that got him, you know, the quote unquote hype uh, within the minor league system. It was actually the curveball, and he doesn't really have a changeup. So when you have a fastball that isn't moving consistently, you have a slider that you can't control. You have a curveball that used to be, you know, kind of like your wipeout pitch, your strikeout pitch. And then you don't have a a good you know change up. It's basically you have a bunch of mediocre pitches, and unless you're kind of fooling or you know just maybe have movement that day, you're probably gonna get hit around the place. So I I don't know what they're gonna do with him down there, Chris. I've heard people say say you know maybe work a two seamer in there, but it's like I would kind of stick with maybe what worked before. And maybe try to bring in a changeup. I don't know, man. I don't know, brother. It's it's crazy. Mitch Keller at one point in 2019 sat number 26 on the MLB Pipeline Top 100, surrounded by names such as Matt Manning, Andrew Vaughn, Julio Rodriguez, uh, guys like Ian Anderson and Louis Patino were behind him. Dustin May was behind him. He has not fared very well, but there were other guys like Kyle Wright that were actually behind him on that list. Some prospects hit. Some do not. I don't think that the book is written on him completely yet, but we're getting into the later chapters as to whether or not he makes it as a major league pitcher. It'll be very interesting to see what he does in AAA and what it looks like when he comes out to start 2022. Because like I said, 
that's it at that point. If if it's not working at that point, he he's a I don't I don't know what he is. He's a he's a relief pitcher maybe. He's a he's a journeyman triple uh, A AAA guy. He's a guy that's in the back of your rotation, and you're just asking him to eat innings. I I have no idea what it is, but they have to figure this out. And hopefully, Mitch Keller can get right. The organization did not do him any favors the way they brought him up and sent him down, and brought him up and sent him down, and used him in the early part of his career when he was first breaking into the major leagues. That's not Charrington's fault, and he's not Charrington's guy. Which means, in the end, he may not stick around if he can't figure out how to pitch. Who's the next guest coming up here, Craig? We have Spencer Smith. He is broadcaster for the Bradenton Marauders and him and our previous guest, John Moses, were actually the broadcasting team uh, for the Trenton Thunder in 2019, both coming over uh, to the pirate system. So he's given us a lot of good information on players down in Bradenton, just breaking into the pirate system. And also the effects of, you know, the missing, uh, Bristol Pirates rookie level team in the short season, uh, West Virginia Black Bears. All right, he's next. This is Bucks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BucksInTheBasement.com. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms right now at creakybone.com. I am uh, happy to have another guest for us here today uh, from the Pirates minor league system. I'm reaching way down deep. I got the Spencer Smith. Uh, If you look at him on Twitter, it's at the Spencer Smith. He's the broadcaster for the Bradenton Marauders. Want to give a little bit of insight as to some of the prospects are doing down there. Spencer, how are you doing today, brother? Craig, I'm doing well. How are you? Before we got on here, I mean, we just kind of just got into it and we're just talking baseball. So I can tell you're just a a big baseball guy like myself. And uh, I said that I'm trying to give, you know, Pirates fans a... uh, like a, a little flyover view of some some of the prospects and some of the teams in uh, the Pirates minor league system because, you know, they haven't been punctuated a lot. And for, you know, a few years here, a lot of the focus was on, you know, the big league club and everything. So I like you were saying, I you guys have a lot of the Pirates top prospects down there, but you also have some guys that may not have been on the radar. So uh, give me an idea of uh, some of the uh, the Pirates' top prospects that you're watching down there and what you've seen from them. Yeah, well, right now we have eight of the Pirates' top 30 prospects on our roster. Uh, we've got uh, outfielder Hudson Head, right-handed pitcher Eddie Yeen, uh, right-handed pitcher Jared Jones, outfielder Sammy Ciani, right-handed pitcher Nick Garcia, catcher Andy Rodriguez, uh, corner infielder Alexander Mojica, and uh, infielder Dario Lopez. And they've all been a lot of fun to watch. Uh they're, it's kind of a mixed uh, a mixed group in terms of where they're at in their developmental stages, uh, especially a lot of the younger guys, Hudson Head, for example, who's still just 19 years old, 
uh, drafted out of high school by the Padres, came to the Pirates in the Joe Musgrove trade back in January. Uh, he's a little bit younger, still uh, still uh, developing some of those tools. But then you, you look at some of the, uh, the slightly more developed guys, slightly more polished guys. Nick Garcia is one of those. He was drafted out of uh, Chapman University in California last year. Uh, he's been good in some uh, extended looks out of the bullpen for the Marauders this season. But, uh, yeah, uh, in terms of though, uh, the top prospects, though, I think probably one of the stronger performers performers uh, through the first month plus of the season has been catcher Andy Rodriguez. Uh, he was one of the heralded uh, grabs from that Joe Musgrove deal. Number 26 prospect in the moment. He came from the Mets because that was a three-team deal uh, with, with the Mets and the Padres. And uh, Andy is only 20, uh, 21 years old now. He just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's just shown a maturity beyond his years. Down on the field, he's shown a good ability to uh, to run the game, to to sort of help lead his teammates. You always see him uh, sort of taking pitchers under his wing, and he manages the pitching staff well. Uh, shows good pitch receiving skills, good blocking skills behind the dish, uh, very good bat-to-ball skills. Uh, oh, and to add on top of it, he's tied for the league lead with six home runs, so the power is certainly there, too. So bottom line, Craig, it's been a lot of fun to watch this group. And uh, it's also especially exciting that it's only been a month plus. There's a lot of baseball yet to be played. Yeah, and with Andy Rodriguez, I mean, that that switch hitting ability also, you know, gives him that that time where you may not be have to be pulled out on like uh, when you get up to the majors, hopefully when he's up here one day on that Sunday game or if, you know, the right hander or the left hander is coming in. It, it definitely gives, you know, some flexibility at the uh, the catching position. I want to go back when you're you're mentioning a, a lot of these younger players because what people, you know, it would kind of may have missed, but, you know, probably didn't miss completely was, you know, some of the minor league teams for the Pirates going away. You know, the the, the Bristol Pirates not being there, uh, the advanced rookie ball team. So you have, you know, some young guys like like Eddie Yeen. Uh, you had already mentioned uh, uh, Hudson Head, uh, Alexander Mojica. You have all these guys that are, you know, that much younger uh, have you seen like maybe just like some I wouldn't say slips in development, but just uh, just trying to catch up and playing against older players uh, that they may not have played against in previous years? Yeah, well, you bring up an interesting point there because uh, it, it's certainly worth mentioning that the pandemic last year wiping out the minor league season, and this was a point uh, uh, you know specified and brought up to me by Dallas DeFrancesco, our uh, minor league ops uh, assistant, who does a lot of our uh, video scouting in Bradenton. Uh, you have to keep in mind that with the shutdown last year, a lot of these guys who are 18, 19, 20 years old, that is a key year of misdevelopment for these young guys, you know, more so than a, than a guy who's 26, 27 years old, a little more polished and developed. While, while it may still hurt guys that age, not quite as much as these guys who are a little bit younger. So the first couple of weeks of the season for almost everybody, it seemed, were, were full of a lot of growing pains, a little bit of knocking off the rust, and for very understandable reasons. But, uh, you know, with both the shutdown last year and also the elimination of some of those intermediate levels, you mentioned the Bristol Pirates, also the short season West Virginia Black Bears. Those are teams that guys like Alexander Mojica, guys like Hudson Head might have been on the roster of this season. But with the elimination of sort of those intermediate levels, uh, you're going to see, frankly, a little bit of growing pains at times. Uh, until recently, starting to see the ball better, uh, Alexander Mojica had really been struggling with breaking balls. Uh, we're, we've been seeing uh, here in Bradenton against the team, we've been seeing a lot more 
I think polished and developed college pitchers. And I think Mojica is uh, just still sort of learning, still getting the feel for seeing a little more advanced breaking balls after absolutely destroying the Dominican Summer League in 2019. But that, that's just one small example of uh, some of the growing pains you're going to see. But once again, as the season gets deeper, I think as we get a bigger sample size and a better idea of where each of these players are at, uh, you're going to see some of these tools start to come through uh, a little bit more vividly for each of these guys. Yeah, and, and right before we, we hopped on, you were talking about one of those things with, with Hudson Head where you're you're starting to see some of, you know, that, that power from him, but also, you know, a little bit of plate discipline. You you may look across the numbers, but that doesn't tell the whole story. So what's going on with, with the uh, the top one, Hudson Head, that people are kind of – you know, maybe focused on a little bit more. Yeah, Hudson Head, he's, he has shown the power mo- mostly lately. He got off to a little bit of a slow start and was striking out quite a bit. Uh, but again, you're, you're talking to a guy who's just 20 years old right now, uh, coming out of high school a couple years ago, drafted by the Padres in the third round. Uh, but obviously coming over from the Joe Musgrove trade, a guy who the Pirates uh, really had shown a liking to. And, and ever since we sort of turned the corner after the first two or three weeks of the season, we started seeing a lot better play discipline from Hudson. He had the batting average up until the last couple of days, hovering just below the 200 mark. But you look at his walk column right now, 29 walks over 31 games. And, and at his age, showing that sort of discipline with some of the more polished uh, college arms he's facing at times, he's got that on base percentage up at 409. So that's, that's not to say that, uh, it, you know, necessarily that he's going to be bumped up to the next level uh, immediately necessarily, but He's certainly showing a lot of the development in terms of both the the power and the plate discipline that I think people uh, were itching to see from him. And to boot, he's been getting playing time at each of the three outfield positions and handling all of them very well. He's showing good range, good speed, good wheels out there. Uh, He's made a couple of nice diving or sliding catches and showing off a good arm. So he's a guy that I think a lot of folks are looking to see a a sort of five-tool uh, arsenal from and we're certainly seeing splashes of that already this year yeah man that's that's awesome to see and like i was saying before i mean we see uh stuff i mean all of us like follow the stuff on twitter they follow the stuff on, on any of the social media and of course all the big plays are, are are the ones that are shown and and a lot of it goes towards you know more of the the higher end the top prospects which is which is great to see because before there there wasn't a whole lot uh to be watching for but I, I wanted to, to maybe ask you, uh, what are a couple possible, maybe like under the radar players, maybe one pitcher, uh, one position player, or, you know, catcher, whatever it may be, uh, that you've seen something from that, you know, they're they're not on the, the top prospect list. They may not be on the tip of everybody's tongue, uh, but, you know, a player that, you know, has been performing well and it's just like, wow. The, the, there, there are pirate fans out there that need to know about like a couple of these guys. Who do you got for us? Definitely. Well, one guy who comes to mind immediately among the position players is Jace Bowen. Uh, the power is absolutely there right now. Six home runs. That's that's tied for the league lead in the low A Southeast. Uh, he's driven in 24 runs. That's tops on the team. He's also thrown in five stolen bases. And uh, he, if I can just make so bold of a player uh, comp right now, he's reminding me a little bit of Craig Biggio. He he's a guy who likes to sort of almost stand practically on top of home plate. He's actually been hit by a pitch in six consecutive games right now. Oh my god! <laughs> he yeah, a lot of those have been sort of breaking balls that have just nicked him on the elbow. But uh, he he's just been an on base machine lately. But uh, along with the power, he's also got the speed and the versatility. 
Uh, he was drafted by the Pirates in the 11th round two years ago out of Central Catholic High School in Toledo. And he played mostly outfield in 2019 in the GCL, but he's been playing mostly second base here in Bradenton this year. And, and he's been doing a good job of it. He's turning double plays, moving laterally pretty well, uh, throws well. Uh, he's also lately, though, been getting a little bit more increased playing time in the outfield. So He's gotten a couple of spot starts out in left field. He's looked good out there. And uh, pretty much no, no matter where you put him, he's going to hit and he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to play uh, all out hard nosed baseball for you. And he's been impressive. Um, probably is the under the radar position player, if you want to call it that. You know, the 11th round isn't too far down there. Absolutely. In terms of a guy who's not necessarily a high ranked prospect, he's probably the guy that stands out so far uh, among the position players. And then he asked also about a sort of an under the radar pitcher. Um, you know, Logan Hoffman has been outstanding out of the bullpen. Uh, he's a guy who's typically been called upon to pitch, uh, two, three, four innings. Uh, he's from a tiny, tiny town in Saskatchewan, Canada, Munster, Saskatchewan, Canada, uh, population of about 400. Uh, and he, <laughs> he got, he got plucked out of Northwestern State University in Louisiana, fifth round just last year. Uh, the guy is almost unhittable at times this year. 1.27 ERA, 33 strikeouts over 21 and a third innings, a uh, whip just below one, and opponents are hitting a buck 56 often. He's got a high spin fastball. He's got a good breaking ball that guys just don't see. And he's not a hard thrower. He's mostly in the low 90s with a fastball. Uh, but he's shown, again, the ability to pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen. Uh, each of his last two outings, by the way, have been four innings and scoreless ball in both of those. And also worth mentioning that he struck out a career-high nine over his la- in his last outing over four scoreless innings. So Logan Hoffman has just been brilliant out of the bullpen. I think you're going to see a lot more strikeout highlights come from the right-hander. Spencer, thank you so much for jumping on this morning, brother. Really appreciate it. Look forward to doing this again. Yeah, Craig, thank you for having me. I appreciate the time. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day.